Hi, I'm Andy. Hi, I'm Nuke. And we're the co-hosts for the Kings of Hearts podcast. In this Kings of Hearts podcast, we are sitting down with our friend Mariano. Mariano is a men's coach, men's group leader, and we had the pleasure of sitting down with him and talking about so many different things around masculinity, men's work, the power of a men's group, leadership, leading from the back, leading from the front, what all that entails. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome back, guys, to the Kings of Hearts podcast. And in this round, we have my dear brother, Nano, Mariano. How you doing, sir? Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome. So today we have, well, it's myself, Yanuka, and uh, yeah, excited to get in this deep conversation with a fellow brother about men's mental health, about men's work, about his story, and then honestly, anything else that really comes up organically along the way. So brother, welcome. We always do this. We always drop in and ask, you know, going to go round table. How's everybody doing? What's present? What's alive right now? So you're our guest. So you go first, brother. What's alive? All right. Um, what's alive? I'm in Florida. It's 50 degrees and I have to wear a sweatshirt and uh, that doesn't make me happy. <laughs> um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be here. I've known you for for some really good time now, and, mm. and I'm happy uh, to be able to share in your podcast and give you some more of my experiences and deep rabbit holes that you know of. That's where I'm at. Yeah, brother. Yeah, excited for that uh, that Mariano fire. I'm gonna bring it as always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yanuqua, over to you, bro. Yeah, uh, in this moment, I'm feeling chill. I'm feeling tethered. Uh, I'm excited for this conversation. It's uh, I've only heard good things about you, Nano. So um, I'm excited to pick your brain and and hear what all the hype is. So here we go. Be careful. Be careful. You go deep in there. <laughs> you open up Pandora's box, baby. You don't know what's coming out. So I'm just giving you a warning. Here we go. Here we go. I'm ready. All right. In, in this moment, in this moment, I am, it is 30 degrees Celsius down in Mexico. I have had a quiet, slow morning, uh, which is not typical for a Monday. And I think that's okay. Like, you know, before going into these intentional spaces for podcasts, these deep conversations, I like to go into it slow too. So I'm excited. There's a couple, you know, butterflies flying around in my stomach. As as uh, as I think it's a healthy thing, so yeah, that's what's up for me, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Butterflies are good, man. They they remind you that we're alive. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. What's your Yanuka? What's your saying around butterflies again? Can you remind me? Having the butterflies isn't the issue. It's getting the butterflies to fly in formation. So I like that. Here we go. It's a good yeah. thing. Pull the trigger. Yeah. I'll have to steal that. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get inspired by that one. That's there you go. Inspired. There you it's go. Not stealing. It's getting inspired. I love, love that. Here we go. It's getting inspired, man. So, yo, Nano, man, there's so there's so many fucking awesome things 
about you as a human, as a man, your story. I've gotten to know your story very intimately because we're, we share the same, same men's group, uh, group together, right? But I wanted to kick things off on this podcast with you and wanted to see, like, wanted to hear how you bring up your mental health story. Like, where did that, I know, I know that there's like, oh man, where do you start? And like, there's so much to talk about, but when you hear that question, what's like one of the first things that come up for you that, that you feel like is like, wow, that was a pivotal, pivotal moment in my, in my journey that was a Maybe not like, I, would, I don't want to call things positive or negative, but like, you know, it was just a big deal for your mental health change. Yeah. Um, I'm going to blow your mind again because I'm going to come up with something new that you probably haven't heard yet. Um, but I want to talk to you guys about my superpower, you know. Um, I don't know how I got to where I got, to be honest with you guys. You know, 10 years old to 40 40 years old, I lived the fucking life of madness. Like, I was squeaky, you know? I just got through life. I graduated college. I don't know the timetables. I was like, what the, how? <laughs> you know, I have an amazing job that makes a ton of money and, you know, I don't work that hard at it. But it's like, so I was just thinking, you know, what what is this superpower that I have inside of me that allowed me to get to where I am? Yeah, I have money and have the house and the car and a daughter and a beautiful girlfriend that's amazing. But, you know, when I go back, you know, today I was just meditating, thinking about how did I get here? And it's like, I've been diagnosed with ADHD. And I think that was my freaking superpower all these years. And, and now that I can concentrate on this superpower that I have. I just can't wait to see what the future is going to bring. You know, am I scared? Hell yeah, I'm scared. So I'm not here to talk to you guys about how great my life is. Um, I, I'm, I, it was great. You know, I want to be here to talk to you guys about what my fears are, like what 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 I'm really scared shitless of. You know, and the way that that I want to explain it is. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of guys out there that might feel the way I feel. And maybe if I share my feelings, I might be able to shed some light to their feelings and, and help them guide them hopefully into to a better future, which is all I care about, you know? So my, uh, my mental health, uh, a really quick background down memory lane, uh, divorced parents, never home, raised by babysitters. And I just, was always screaming for attention, you know, always getting in trouble, kicked out of schools, you know, I, I think I broke the detention record, um, you know, just, just rough. I can't complain that my parents beat the crap out of me and, and I had a really hard, hard uh, childhood because I didn't, it was like a silver spoon, but you know what, the pain that I had was real, you know, and this is what I even say to my daughter. There are kids that probably got abused by their parents, sexually molested or beat every day. And I used to feel like, oh, I can't feel bad about myself because, you know, there's people that had it worse than I did. And I never gave myself credit for feeling bad because I said I can't feel bad, you know. And the truth of the matter is I had a fucking horrible childhood, man. Like it was like mental abuse and, and depression and always looking for help and, and always looking for love. You know, always, always looking for love that wasn't there. So fast forward uh, into my teens, you know, getting in trouble, getting kicked out of two high schools, uh, having to move to the United States. I'm from originally from Argentina. 
um, my dad had to straighten me out. Like I came here to the States. I didn't even know how to make my bed. You know, I was like, what do you mean you have to make your bed and, and, and wash your laundry? Like what, what, what is that? <laughs> you know? So, uh, thank God my dad, uh, strained my, my, my ass off. And, um, but still I had this in, inner fire inside of me that always burned and I always wanted to be shining. I always wanted to be on top. I always wanted to be better. I always wanted to get that attention because I just wanted to prove my dad that I was good. You know, I just wanted to show my dad that I was good at something. And I fucking sucked at everything that was academics. I could never read. I would read and I would read the same page five times and I didn't understand what the hell was going on. So what did I do? I pivoted. I cheated. All through my high school and college, I cheated. I cheated every single test. I could not read. I couldn't understand how to read and how to capture information. So I would try to memorize and memorize and cram things to the point that I had so much stuff memorized, I couldn't even remember what was memorized. So am I proud of it? No, I'm not proud that I didn't do it the right way. But on the other hand, you know, I did what I had to do to get it done and try to prove to people that, you know, I was good. And that's pretty much my whole life. My mental health was trying to prove to people that I was good and that I could do things. Got out of college, got married, and I said, okay, this is it. You know, I got married. I have a kid. I'm going to live forever with this woman. And life is good. And I was only 22 when I met this woman. And by the age of like 36, I realized I wasn't like really in love with the person. I just was looking for somebody to love me again, like looking for that love and that affection that I was never receiving from parents. I got divorced, got remarried. And again, looking for love in the wrong places. <laughs> and I just kept going on this vicious circle of like a toxic, you know, I wanted to get love. So I gave everything I could until I just pulled the plug. And I was like, you know what? I just can't keep doing this by myself. I'm, I'm a lone wolf thinking I can, you know, beat the world. And I made it this far. And this is the thing. Yeah, you can make it that far. But it comes to a point that you can't keep pushing the train by yourself. You know, you just run out of steam. You run out of energy. And you have two choices. You either kill yourself or you reach for help, you know. And, yeah, I've had those thoughts, too. I was like, what the fuck is the point of life? You know, if all I'm doing is lying, cheating, and running around trying to, like, be better than the person next door or whatever and try to prove to people something that I'm really not. So I never really lived who I truly was. I was just trying to make people happy to like me. So that way I felt good. Fast forward um, to two years ago, I finally uh, decided I had enough that, you know, being the lone wolf wasn't the way for me, you know, and I decided to join a men's group. And, and it really, that is what really changed everything. And I felt, I felt love from men that I never felt before, you know? And, and it started to let my brain slow down and, and soak up what was happening around me. Like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to have all the crazy shit that you had in your life and to share with another man and look at the man in the eye and cry as the guy is crying and feeling your pain. You know, so that was like, if it were, if it were to be an onion, you know, that was like one of the layers that started to peel off of the onion, started getting into the middle of it, you know? And I was like, all right, this is cool. And to be honest, when I first joined the men's group, I was like, I just wanted to be seen, you know? So I wasn't really working on myself. I was working on trying to be seen by other men and trying to be accepted by other men. 
So I was kind of like doing it to get the attention of other men because I wasn't getting attention from women the way I was getting attention from men, you know, to love me, you know, again, father figure, you know, the father wound, and it felt amazing. And then around that time, I got diagnosed bipolarish, you know, and, you know, that was like a, whoa, what the heck is going on here? Like, I'm not bipolar, you know, I'm not trying to kill anyone and I'm not trying to kill myself. And, you know, society, you know, the second that you get diagnosed with something, you just start thinking that I am crazy. Like, what's going on with me? Um, so, you know, coming from a family that, you know, my dad didn't want to take a Tylenol for a headache because, you know, he's afraid of the side effects of what a Tylenol can do. I was like, yeah, this is bullshit. I'm not, I'm not accepting this. Um, I got kicked out of my, <laughs> my therapist office like twice, you know, oh, he's like, I never had to kick somebody out, but I had to kick you out because, because I just lost my shit. Um, and, you know, he's like, you know, this is usually what happens. So I got him bipolar medication and it was actually really good because it helped me tone it down. It helped me relax and just start to feel in my own skin and, and, and it helped me lower the volume of the of the madness of the inner child that was crying for help and, and scared you know it just helped me lower it down just a little bit to start understanding that okay i don't have to yell at this person i don't have to think in my head i want to punch his fucking face and break every single tooth out of his mouth you know it's okay if somebody cuts me off while i'm driving i don't need to chase him home and try to kill him you know it's like it was a really good decompression but the energy that I had inside of me, I was like, okay, this is great, but this is bullshit. I'm not taking these pills anymore because I know that I have the energy that it takes to be able to understand what I need to do now. And no, nothing against people that are diagnosed bipolar or that are taking medication or not. This is my own journey. This is how I felt, you know. So I stopped taking the medication and I realized, wow, I got this in control. I am good. Like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. And, and, and I know like meditation and, and deep, 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 you know, searching of who I am. And then that's when I realized I didn't even love myself. Like I really didn't even know who I was. And, and I didn't love myself because I was embarrassed of myself. You know, I was ashamed to show my partners who I was because of course playing video games is for kids. Oh, no, 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 I don't play video games. No, that's for kids, you know? Meanwhile, I was going to the bathroom for 45 minutes to try to like sneak any little game to try to get like my addiction of like enjoy something I liked. So that's when I was able to like really tone down, you know, like I call the, the crazy wheel as I'm spinning in there and, and start like working on myself. And I remember in, in my men's group, somebody asked me, like, do you love yourself? I'm like, um, I guess, like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, of course I love myself. You know, and they're like, well, you know, tell us, like, how do you love yourself? And I'm like, fuck, oh, I just broke down. I was like, I don't know how to love myself. And I was asking guys, guys, please tell me, how do you love yourself? Like, what is this concept? I only love other people and I would do anything. Like I would buy anything, take them around the world. I will have like, I have the biggest heart. I'm the biggest Romeo. But when it came to me, I was like, no, I don't know. And that hurt, man. Like I did not know how to love myself. Like, whoa, who am I? Like, how can you love yourself when you don't even know who you are? I was like, fuck, who am I? Let's just start with like, who am I? So yeah. Um, Another huge step, I was able to start working on myself. Who am I? What am I about? What do I want to do? You know, 
my relationship with my daughter changed like 180, man. I used to be the typical father that, you know, if the kids doesn't want to do it's threats. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, put you in timeout and you're not going to be able to do this. And I'm going to take away your friends. And I'm going to take your phone and I'm going to take this. And now we just give it to her because I didn't want to deal with it. Or sometimes I wanted to do something cool, like go to the movies and then I have to ground her. I was like, all right, let's just go to the movies anyway, because I don't watch the movie. So then when I started loving myself and I started respecting myself, I started to realize that my daughter can't respect me if I can't respect myself, you know? So that really changed my, my relationship with my daughter tremendously. Like when I started respecting me and she saw that I was respecting me and I started respecting her, then she started respecting me. And fast forward to now, something that's been happening for three years, I finally have my daughter wanting to live with me full time. And now she just wants to be with mother every other weekend. Nothing wrong with that. But in the past, I couldn't live with my daughter. I was like, I can't see you. I have to see you every other weekend because we're going to kill each other here. You know, I, 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 this doesn't work. So that was like uh, the, the story about the past. And now is the story about the future. Fast forward. Um, I am with this beautiful woman. Smart man. She really... She really inspires me, man. Like she's such a great human being, psychiatrist. And um, she mentioned to me a while ago, like maybe, you know, uh, some people that are ADHD are this way and that way. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar to me. You know, like I, I, I sound a lot of, I hear a lot of things that you're saying and they, they ring a bell. Um, so I started digging more into it and I was like, oh man, like, this makes a lot of sense. Like this is, I started like listening to podcasts and reading things and I'm like, wow, this makes a lot of sense of my whole freaking childhood to adolescence to up until now, 42 years old. And, and I realized I have a superpower, man. You know, I can do everything I want to do as long as I put my mind into it. And, and as long as I love me and as, as long as I'm taking care of myself, and I'm being respectful of others, sky's the limit, it truly is. Which then scared the hell out of me because I've been doing medical sales, uh, laser, I sell medical lasers. So I've been doing medical sales for the last 15 years. And I'm like top of the notch when it comes to selling a laser. I can sell a laser to anyone. I've studied it, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm an imposter at all. I, I know my stuff, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I can like, mingle with them and they don't know what I'm talking about. So they're listening to me. So now I want to work with men and I want to help men heal and I want to help men grow. I go to Andy's website and I hear these beautiful testimonials that guys are saying to Andy about how he's changing their life. And I'm like, oh shit, like Andy reads. Like Andy knows what he's talking about. Like I don't read. Oh, people are are going to come up to me to ask me for help. And I don't know what I'm going to say to them. So I got real scared, man. Like right before this podcast, I was thinking about it. I'm like, whoo, sheesh. I don't know what I'm going to say because I didn't go to school for this. And I got depressed, dude. Like I got depressed and I did a nice deep meditation. And that meditation, I said to myself, yeah, it's kind of like Eminem in the two mile, yeah, whatever that movie that he talks all this shit about himself. I'm like, yeah, I didn't read. Yeah, I can't read. You know, I got HDHD and yeah, I take medication to be able to read and understand things. And I might have not gone to college, but you know what? I lived life, man. Like 
life trumps any book out there. Like I lived hard and, and I lived life to the fullest, guys. Like I can honestly tell you, 42 years, I've never said one day, I wish I would have done that. You know, you want to jump off the mountain? Let's jump. You know, you want to move to North Carolina? Let's move. Pack my ship. And I moved. You know, you want to leave the country? You want to move from Argentina to the United States? Let's go. (laughs) You know, you want to date this girl in New Jersey? I'll move to New Jersey. And, Mm. you know, now that I'm looking back at all the experiences that I've learned and all the things that I've been through life, I have like an encyclopedia of things, you know? Yeah, I might not sound very refined about it because I don't have a lot of experience reading and I don't have a lot of big vocabulary. But I know that I take a deep breath and I ground myself and I sit in front of any man and I can reach their heart, man. And I can open that thing up and and let them heal and help them heal because I don't heal anybody, you know? I'm not some voodoo guy or like (laughs) Yoda. Yeah, Uh, brother. That's where I'm at. Yeah, man, I love that, dude. There, there's so, so many golden nuggets that you mentioned in your story. I know Yanuk was taking some notes and I got a couple of things too. You know, I think the first thing that I want to just say is like, I want to acknowledge you for your story, for your, for your history, for your experiences. And like literally what you just said there, it's like, yo, I can open guys' hearts up and I don't know, I don't have the, I don't have wisdom or knowledge that I've studied and right. It's like, no, it's just me. And I think that's, that's a very powerful place to coach from. That's a very powerful place to lead from. It's to lead from our own story and our own, our own, call it quote unquote mess, right? There's a saying that, you know, when I always, we always come back to, we're like, you know, our mess is our message. Yeah. Our mess is our message. And it's when we can start looking at our mess and loving our mess, kind of like what you did. It's like, I gotta, I gotta love my mess. I'm gonna love my shame. I'm gonna love my, 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 my self-worth, wherever that's at. And then let be, let that be the medicine that I lead men with. So dude, like kudos, bro. Seriously. Yeah, man. Um, dude, like again, so many awesome like nuggets there. You mentioned like lone wolf, you mentioned, uh, you know, self-love, you mentioned like being raised by your, your babysitters talking about, you know, not, not talking about how good you are today, but talking about what you're scared of, scared shitless about, right? So I'm like, I'm, I'm curious, bro. Like you've been through a lot. You're helping a lot of people right now. Like what, what do you, what, maybe, maybe this can be like a round table thing. You know, can share and I can share too. It's like, what are we as men right now? What are we still scared shitless about? Even though we're showing up every day doing the work. So let's go like one man at a time, right? What are we all shit, scared shitless about still? I go first. I'm scared shitless of not knowing the answer, man. You know, mm. just that simple. I haven't to say I don't know. Yeah. Yanuqua, what comes up for you, bro? Yeah, this is good. Uh, I would say uh, getting around other men is for me, it, the question always comes up like, am I equipped enough to help these men navigate what they're going through? That's always my thing. It's like, am, am I, is Unuqua who he needs to be, to be a value and service to the men that are looking up to me? So it, 
forces me in a very encouraging way to like be on top of my shit. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why for me, like the word that comes up is um is not like not enough. Like not having enough, like scared about not having enough money, scared of feeling anxious about not enough time left. Um, and I think, you know, we, you know, the three of us, we've done a lot of inner work, right? Underneath those things, it's like feeling not good enough with ourselves. So I think like that's a big, I don't know if it's, I would call it a fear of mine, but it's something that's like present on a day-to-day basis. It's like, it doesn't cripple me, but it's there. It's like, whoa, like I feel like there's not enough money where I feel like, wow, the day, the day, where did the week go? Fuck. Did I do enough? Was I productive enough? All these, all these narratives that come up that stem from a not enough. Right. So for me, like that's, that's what comes up for me. It's really, it's really interesting. Even Yanukwa, you're, you're saying like, it's helped you. It's helping you though, too. Right. Like you feel this, however, it's also a thing that's pushing you. Yeah. Like the way, the way I I've chosen to look at uh, these situations where it gets sticky or uncomfortable is like, okay, this is a learning opportunity. Like my ego, my inner child is forcing me to look at something or acknowledge it. And and in those moments, it's like, okay, like I'm not like old Unuka would have let, for example, uh, fear of not being good enough. Old Unuka would have let that emotion, that feeling be in the driver's seat. And then for the next three, four, five days, let that sucker drive. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat or in the trunk. Right. Versus now current Unuka is like, cool. Thank you. Like I'm still driving. And that emotion, you're not good enough, is sitting in the driver's, in the passenger seat or in the back seat. And it's like, cool, thank you. I'm aware of that, you know? And I'll continue to drive forward. We know where we're going. We know who we are. We know who we're not. And thank you. I appreciate that, you know? And it's like the analogy I like to always remind myself and tell other people is like, listen, when you're the one driving, you know where we're going. If someone else is like, hey, slow down. Hey, like, just be mindful of what's ahead of you. Like, you don't, you don't sound like, kid, and you drive then. No, like, hey, thank you. Appreciate it. And I see it. And we keep going. So <laughs> that's how I navigate it now, or at, least, or at least I actively choose to. And are there days where I fail? Yes. You know, and are there days where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing? Yes. And I like to say or feel and think seven times out of 10, I'm in the driver's seat. Mm. I have feelings of like, I'm King Kong on top of the Empire State Building. I'm untouchable, man. Nothing can take me down. And, you know, you put me in front of guys and like my heart just explodes with love. And then I listen to Andy's, you know, uh, uh, client's testimonials. And I feel like I'm this little ant in the bottom of the street, below the street, you know. And it's like, I can't, I can't even see King Kong on the top, you know. Um, what I like to do for myself and, you know, I, I can share for everybody else who would like to do it. It's okay. Like take it in. It's okay to feel shitty. It's okay to feel small. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. I used to beat myself up so bad about it, you know, and, and I used to beat myself up so bad that I started to go crazy, like stupid punching holes in walls, 
because like my stupidity came to the point that, well, if I pushed it this much, I got to keep pushing it, you know, my depression or my madness or my anger. And it's like, no, it's okay to like feel that in there. If you got to take the L for the day and just sit in the couch and rest, you take the L for the day, you sit in the couch and you rest. And that's something that I'm thankful my girlfriend taught me to be okay with your feet away from it. I always used to run. I used to distract it, play a video game, go drinking, go whoring, you know, go do drugs, whatever, just like to, to mask it. Just I can be okay being in the passenger seat just for a little bit, you know? But we know that we're driving this. And, and I think like to be able to be in the driver's seat, you got to do the work or else you're always in the passenger seat or behind the passenger seat. You know what I mean? So I feel you, man. I love that. I was just going to say, Nana, like I really love what you said just around like old Nana would have just like kept pushing, kept forcing it because it got me this far and it worked. And how many times with guys have I heard is just like, I'm just going to push through it, you know, because like, like that's what men do. And it's just like, and, and I want to ask you, like, what was the cost of that sitting here now? What was the cost of just, you know what I mean? Of always just, I'm going to keep pushing, you know, I'm just going to put my head through this wall and not question it. Instant goosebumps. Dude. You asked me that question, like instant goosebumps. Like I can remember really clearly. I was so mad with this person I was dating that I was like, I need her to understand that I'm mad. And I flipped the freaking table with food and everything. There's food fucking everywhere. There's spaghetti on the roof and everywhere. And she's like, oh, you're such an idiot. I'm like, no, I got to keep pushing it. Boom. Hole in the wall. Almost broke my hand, you know. And then like at the other next day, I'm looking at this kitchen. It looks like a massacre. Like it looks like somebody, a terrorist came in there and blew it up. And I was like, what did I get from any of this? Nothing. I almost broke my hand. Now I got to patch this wall, clean everything. And my whole life was like that. Just keep pushing, keep pushing. You'll get to it. You know, we're guys. Yeah, let's go and fuck this. And we could do it. And then we're killing each other, man. Like, we're really killing each other. Like, for no reason. I'm 42 years old. You guys are young, man. And still at 42, I go... Oh, damn, I got this superpower. I got another 40 years. I've got more life to live than what I live, and I fucked it up. And what I wanted to tell you guys, what I truly feel like, this is halftime, okay? I'm at halftime. I was losing two to zero, and I was able to score one goal two minutes before halftime. So I'm going in the locker room, going 2-1. I'm down 2-1, but that's okay, because I figure out how to score, I'm going to win this bitch 10 to 2, man. I got a whole other half to play. and I got nothing but greatness. Guess what? My house, I can't pay it. I'll fucking sell the house, you know, and I'm moving to an apartment. You know, if, you know, the pandemic 3.0 comes and everything shuts down, I'll go get coconuts off a tree, you know, but I'm still going to be okay because I finally feel like I love myself. And once I love myself, then everybody around me loves me. Not because I make them love me. They love me for who I am. You know what I mean? So, yeah, dude, I got goosebumps with that question. All the crazy shit that I've been in my life. Oh, for no reason. Just to push forward. Because that's how we are. Guys, just keep pushing. No matter, keep your head up and keep going. You know, girls cry. Girls stop. Girls take their time. Girls take the their rest because they have their periods or they have whatever. Us guys, we can't afford that. And it's like it's bullshit, man. We, we have to take our time too. No knocking down on girls with their 
periods and all that, you know, imagine, like I always say to everybody, imagine having to pee blood for like a whole week, man. How would you feel? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the hormones and everything. We just got to put that in balance, man, and just and just feel, you know. And this is what the best way I can explain it is the superpower is helping me feel like never before and, and be okay with it. Yeah, self-love is a is medicine. And I feel like self-love is it's it's a word that a lot of people use and hear and it it kind of comes in oftentimes at the beginning stages of someone's self-development journey, right? Do you feel like there's a misconception with with self-love at times? Like and this is a question for both of you guys. It's like what do you, what do people think it is versus what do you what is it really? You know? Yeah, I think it gets very confused like because people go, oh, I, I'm, I'm self-loving myself, you know, and I'm doing everything. And, and it's like, okay, what is the difference between selfish and self-love? To me, the best way to explain it is if you haven't done your work, if you haven't done your personal inventory of your shit, you can never be self-loving because you don't even know yourself. So how can you love yourself when you don't know yourself? You know, that's called being selfish. <laughs> but it's okay because how can you explain things to people that just can't see? They, they don't understand what they're talking about. You know, that's how I feel like self-love and, and, and selfish. You want to go? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot there. <laughs> I see Yanuka is pointing at me. I feel like there's a lot there. I feel like self-love uh, oftentimes is like a bandage. And in, instead of being you know, using it as a way of being, it's like, oh, I'm feeling bad. I'm just going to love myself or I'm feeling bad. I'm just going to love myself. And, and I feel like a lot of the times in someone's self-growth journey, they, they use it without going deep with it. Does that make sense? They, they, they use it because like, oh, I think this is what people do to heal. This is, I'm just going to love myself. And they don't know what that sometimes entails. And a lot of people are like, oh, maybe self-love is like taking a bath, taking a nice bath and, and having some, you know, putting up some mantras, some positive words on the wall or something. And I, I don't, I don't want to hate on that. I think those things are great, but I think that that does, that is like represents such a small aspect of what self-love is. I think sometimes like self-love is like, yo, what are your boundaries? What are you saying no to that normal that you know is that you know feels good? Like it feels good, it's pleasurable, but unconsciously it's doing more harm than good. So I gotta put a boundary up and say no to this thing that makes me feel good. Right? I think that is an act of self-love. Self-love is sometimes completely changing your friend group and who you, who you surround yourself with. Like nobody, not a lot of people talk about that as self-love. And sometimes when I bring that up, for example, with my clients, they're like, what? Like that's self-love? Yeah, it is. You respect yourself enough to say no to the thing that is keeping you where you're at and you're not happy with where you're at, right? Yeah. It also, there's a lot of, uh, and I'm guilty as charged, emotional bypassing. Like, oh, I'm going to self-love myself. I'm not going to worry about this thing that happened that fucking tore my heart into pieces, you know? But I'm going to love myself, and I'm going to do... No, nah, there is no self-love in there. Like, if you really self-love, then you're going to grab that, and you're not going to emotional bypass. You're going to sit with that, and you're going to be okay in that pain or in that love or whatever that is, you know? And... I, you know, I didn't even know what emotional bypassing was until I started like understanding it. And I'm like, wow, I do a lot of that. 
I put it under the self-love. Now nah, I'm emotionally bypassing. So I'm really not loving myself. I don't want to face the truth. Yo, I used to do that too. I used to do that a lot with shopping. Shopping was was my act of self-love. Oh, I'm just gonna treat, I'm just gonna treat myself out. It feels good. It's okay. It's all good. However, it was it was delaying the necessary work that was yeah. that I was being invited to do, that the universe wanted me to be like, yo, Andy, look at this. Look at this. You got to put all the rainbows and butterfly feelings aside for a second when you go and shop or something like that. It's like, look at this dark, shadowy aspect of yourself. Can you accept him? That is the first step to loving yourself, brother. That was what the universe was like trying to tell me. The longer that we ignore that, sometimes the louder it gets. True. Yeah, I absolutely love all this, you guys. And you guys are hitting on a bunch of things that I wrote up before. And to your original question, Andy, around, you know, that self-love misconception or misconceptions is like, I find for me, it's when people are just willing to like numb. They numb versus actually doing the work and like you said really well like looking at your shadow side and 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 i want to say right now like i think in our culture in this day and age i don't know who it is that has marketed it this way or put it in this package but it's like yo like going to the gym for guys that can be a form of self-love however if that's pulling you away from sitting with your emotions and your heart and what have you like you're emotionally bypassing you know, other other people are going to hide behind. Guess what? I'm just going to go and pray and meditate and da 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 da. Or I'm going to go and go on an ayahuasca journey. Okay, cool. That's awesome. However, like, what? Like, can you just also maybe just like journal for like the next three to six months and really just hone in on some things, right? Like, you can and and like this is what I want to say with, with with whatever what Andy shared. Nano shared, like you can take it to the far left or to the far right and, and, and abuse it. And, it's, and, and to me, it's a matter of finding this like yin and yang, this ebb and flow of whatever it may be. Hey, if you need to go to the mosque, church, synagogue, temple and pray it out, be with God, be with the divine. Awesome. However, if that's your automatic go to every single time, there might be some work there. You know, if your go-to is to go to the gym every single time that you feel any type of discomfort and in the back of your mind, that self-love and putting that in quotation marks, well, maybe, maybe there's some work there. Maybe it can look different. So I just wanted to add that texture because yeah. for us guys, we can mask it with, yeah, I'm, I'm reading all these books on relationships and love and and it's like, okay, that's great. And on the other side of that, what does that look like? Like, are you embodying that? Are you integrating it? Are you putting yourself in front of other men and being seen and heard? And I can look to other, yo, dude, I'm in six men's groups. I serve, I lead. Okay, cool. Like, and can you also maybe spend some time by yourself and, yeah. and be grounded in that? So again, just food for thought. Yeah, I love that, man. Go ahead, Nano. 
it's true. Like I've been on all those sides of the. See, this is where I'm like, I lived life and I did all of that. I was like, oh, I'm the fucking greatest, man. I got three groups. I got people that I'm coaching and I got money. And, I got, and, and it's all about self-love. And no, nah, dude, I'm fucking hiding because I didn't want to be alone. You know, I want men to like love me and like respect me and look up to me. And I'm like, I'm doing this all wrong. I don't want anybody to look up to me because I'm the same as everyone. You know, I just want people to heal. So that's why I say it's selfish, dude. It ain't self-love. If you don't know who you truly are and you're not doing the work to find out who you are, to me, it's just selfish. It's just things that you do to make you feel better. Self-love is when you say, you know what? I got into a fight with my girlfriend. I want to go to the gym and pull out, you know, an hour of workout so I don't like go crazy. But hold on. What did we argue about? Was this point? What was the point? What where are we at? You know, what what was this for? Okay, well, good. I understand what happened. I'm gonna go to the gym now. I'm still gonna go kill it, you know. So that's that's where I'm at right now, thanks to all the work that I've done and ah, all these beautiful conversations that I have with guys like you. I love what you said there. And I think that's a really powerful distinguishing point is like the purest form of self-love comes after self-awareness and, and self-awareness isn't just purely let's go read a million books. Let's go. Self-awareness is asking yourselves. And this is just my humble opinion here. Self-awareness is asking yourself the hard questions, the curious questions that isn't attached to any shame, right? It's like, yo, okay. I'm re- enough is enough. Like I'm ready to do the work. Why do I feel the way, the way I do? Who am I up until this point in my life? Right. So, and the, I think the beautiful thing is it's all good. It's all great. Right. Like, like someone may mess up and like love themselves inauthentically and then, and then find out later that like, oh man, like I need to, I needed to know myself a bit deeper. And I think that's beautiful. There's no like perfect formula. There's no perfect strategy. It's like, yo, what is it? What is your life like right now? What, what, what is the car? What are the cards that has been dealt with you? And what do you got to work with? Right. Sure. Yeah. And like my girlfriend said to me, sometimes you just got to take it easy and you got to be selfish and it's okay. You want to sit in the, in the couch and eat a bucket of ice cream because you feel like shit. Go eat your bucket of ice cream, you know, take it easy on you because you know me, Andy. I'm you know, I got energy, and I'm like, oh, I gotta go deeper, and I gotta go deeper, I gotta find out why is it this, why is it that? And she's like, it's okay that you don't find out, you know, just sit with that and be all right, having a cup of coffee or having ice cream and, and just taking the L, you know, you didn't figure it out, so be it, you know, tomorrow you go for a run and you'll figure it out tomorrow. Uh, so I just also want to say I'm not great because I find out what my problems are all the time. I just got to put it on pause at times because, you know, the brain needs to freaking shut up and nothing, everything yeah. needs to be, you know, worked out. So, you know, wanted to touch on this really important part because so a part of the uh, Kings of Hearts is we want guys like our listeners right now to be like, okay, I I get what you guys are saying. I love this topic on self-love versus selfish versus self-awareness. What's something that I can walk away with from this conversation or from listening to this that's like simple, that's actionable, that can help me move forward in, in my mental health journey? And so if that guy were to ask you this question, Mariano, what would you what would you say to him? Balance is the key to life, man. 
you know, I, I, I would say, don't worry about having to fix everything. Don't worry about how everything is fucked up. You know, just take one little piece and just balance it out. Like, okay, if I want to feel a little crap today, I'm going to feel like crap today. Tomorrow, I'm going to try to be a little bit better and try to do something about that. You know, don't sit on trying to do a little bit better. If we don't do the work, we're not going to get better. You know, so I would say, like, you got to balance it. Sometimes you do a little more work. Sometimes you do a little bit less. But do something. Like, get up and go and do it. I love that, man. I think that's so powerful. And so, and the other thing I wanted to touch on is you, you have a men's community. You started uh, Wolfpack. The Wolfpack. Yes, sir. The Wolfpack Brotherhood. Yeah. Can you tell us? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Wolfpack. In one of my tirades of having to fix myself and having to grow, I took this uh, amazing class, how to feel the feminine and the masculine, which we could talk about that for another two hours. Um, and um, I met these guys in this class of how to feel your feminine and your masculine. It was amazing, man. It really helped me touch better my life with my daughter, like understand the women, the feminine. So, you know, after the class, we finished the class and the guys were like, all right, let's just keep talking and let's stay together and stay together. I was like, all right, well, let's stay together. And I was like, okay, I'll lead you guys. I have some experience leading and I let them. And then a second class came out of that same course and the girls contacted me, two girls. And I was like, hey, we have these guys that just graduated. Would you help them lead a group? Like, yeah, no problem. So I got in touch with them and I helped them lead that group. And then I was like, well, we have like 20 guys. Let's just start our own freaking thing because they all wanted to like have a name, not just the guys that graduated the class. So I was like, all right, let's do it. I took a deep meditation. I was like, we're the Wolfpack. And so be it. So wolfpackbrotherhood.com. Um, it's uh, it's mostly like in Europe. We have some guys here in the United States. We'll keep growing. And hopefully uh, we'll be just keep sharing our message. And our ideal is, you know, men's work and, and try to be in touch in the feminine and the masculine and form both of them together. Why? Why did you choose wolf? Why? Why wolf pack? I, I had a meditation, uh, you know, it's crazy. Either when I'm in the shower, when I meditate, things come to me, you know, it makes sense, relax. And I was uh, in this deep meditation thinking about all our guys, like trekking in the woods, you know, we're all trekking in the woods and somebody was tired and then somebody was like trying to push the other guy. And then all of a sudden I felt like it was like a wolf pack. And you know how that wolf pack travels, you know, the leaders go in the back to help push the guys in the front and the weak ones go in the middle and it just came to me. It was like, it's a freaking wolf pack. We are a wolf pack. Like, we're not lone wolves. We are a wolf pack. And, you know, it, so be it. The wolfpackbrotherhood.com. <laughs> you said something really, uh, really interesting. The leaders leaders in the back, weakest ones in the middle. Yeah. Um, that's how it feels. Yeah. And I, that's probably like nature at work, right? Like, there's an inherent instinct that the wolves know, the leader, the alpha the leader of the pack is like, no, I'm going to go behind and make sure that we're moving forward. It makes sense. If and you're in the front, you're taking off and nobody's chasing, nobody's following you because you're so far up that they can't keep up. How, how does that translate? Like, how does that, uh, that concept look like in men's work in men's groups where the leader needs to, to go behind the line and make sure like, how does that, what's the parallel there for you? Like, to what do you me, think? To me personally is, in my opinion, the the facilitator of the group or whatever. If some people call it whatever names. I just like to call it a facilitator because I don't put myself in the front like I'm better than anyone else. 
I've experienced a lot more than a 20 year old because I'm 42. So I want to be behind them, pushing them up the mountain, you know, helping them push up the mountain because you know what, once I teach him how to push up the mountain, he's going to go on the back and he's going to help another person go up the mountain. And it just keep, and I'm going to be in the front because I'm going to get older too, you know, and I'm going to need the young guys and their energy. Uh, so I just feel that as a leader, you got to make sure that you put your guys up there and you just come from your heart. You speak your truth from your heart. And sometimes you have to say things that they're not going to be okay, that they're not going to be received well, but you're coming from your heart. You know, you're not coming from the ego of like, I know more than you. You just, as long as you speak your truth from your heart and you explain it that way, you help pass the knowledge along and everything moves up the hill. You know, I, I love that we've landed on this topic because something that I've sat with before is, is asking like whether or not we as men have maybe missed the mark when it comes to this leadership piece around always feeling the need to lead from the front. And I absolutely get the notion of like, yo, like leading from the front, you set the direction, you set the pace, you set the course. And I think, and it's an and factor, not but or or. And I think there's also something beautiful about also leading from the back. And I and I instantly think of like a servant leader. A servant leader wants to ensure that nobody is left behind, that everybody's taken care of. And if anything, when you're at the back, you can see everything. You can see everything and you have, how do I say it? Like a 360 view of everybody that you need to be taking care of. Versus if you're in the front all the time, how can you ensure, unless you're doing routine shoulder checks, or you know, or, or, or you got another man or woman that you trust that you can be like, hey, like make sure that you are telling me everybody is still behind us. Everyone is still unified everybody's still together, right? And so I think it was something beautiful and I love that you brought it up, uh, Nano, just around like, yeah, like leading leading from the back. Because I, I think that's, that is powerful and that is under, undervalued and, 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 and underappreciated in leadership sitting here in 2021. So thank you for that. That was good. You're welcome, man. I always had that feeling when I play rugby, when I play soccer, I always wanted to play in the back. Cause I, I could see what was going on in the front. And I was like, this is a shield, man. This shit does not pass. You shall not pass, you know? And I could yell at the guys from the back, you know, to see their holes and help them out. Um, and, and one thing that, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys is really hard as a, as a leader. When you start to hear like praises, Oh my God, you like, you helped me so much. You, you, you guided me so much. You have so much knowledge. It's hard to not let the ego come in a little bit and be like, I got this, you know? Because it feels it feels the ego, you know, no matter how, you know, peaceful and meditative you are, the ego still lives with us, you know, so I have to do self checks at time be like, okay, that was amazing that they're feeling that way about me, I am not doing to get that, because I used to do that, like I told in the past, I used to do shit to like get, you know, how great I am. Thank you for your feeling. And you know what I say to them, if this is the feel that I'm, if this is the way that I'm making you feel, remember this because now you're going to pass it on to somebody else. You know, I'm going to be gone tomorrow and you're going to be here. And I want you to help another man feel the way that I'm helping you feel. And that's, that's how I like try to humble myself and, and, and put my, 
my buffers of like, don't let it get to you. You know, I, I don't want to be the best fucking anything. I just want to be good at helping and, and, and be on the same level. Yo, no, no, I'm going to ju- jump in here and, and just reflect something back to you. And I think, I think, I feel, I know if you can continue to have that self check that reminds you that, Hey, I am just a man. I'm just another helper along this journey. Dude, you can receive all the praise you want. It's when you don't have that automatic response that is like, hey, right? Hey, like, just so you know, like, you are just a man. You, you like, you know what I mean? Like, like, continue to use your gifts of service. It's when you don't have that, that back check that all of a sudden it's like, yeah, like, I am the top cheddar and, and da, 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 da. And now you start seeking that praise and that approval, right? So for you, just, just reflect back to you. Keep up the good work, you know, and and you are on the right path. So amen. High fives and butt taps. <laughs> what's uh, what's coming up for me around that, you know, you guys were mentioning a lot of really cool stuff around like leading from the back. And something that's coming up for me, it's like a, a good leader knows what's best in the moment. So, you know, does he need to lead from the back or do I need to lead from the front, depending on the situation, depending on the energy of the team or the squad, right? Because sometimes leaders, they can get complacent and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm comfortable in the back. This is where, you know, this is where I'm, this is where I'm at my best, but that's still, that's still about him though. Right. It's like, this is where I'm at my best, yeah. but, but does the moment call for me to be leading from the back or does the moment or the mission or the purpose right now call for me to go up to the front? Right. It's like, yo, what is the moment need? What is the team need? What is the mission need right now? exclusive of how, where I'm comfortable or, or good at, right? Because maybe my lesson is going up front if I'm used to the back, or maybe my lesson's out back if I'm used to looking, uh, used to hanging out at the front, right? What comes up for you guys when I say that? Oh, my daughter, dude, 14 years old, girl, beautiful. She's like, I want to date the 17 year old guy. And I'm like, oh shoot, he drives. Her mom's like, you can't date anybody that drives. So my back leadership skills would have been like, oh go talk to your mom about it you know just pass it on (laughs) but what do I do I step on the front and I'm like hey you know what let's be real he's 17 you're 14 are you ready to have sex because we're not going to bullshit here I was 17 trying to date a 14 year old when I was in high school and that's what guys wanted to do so I knew I was going to get confronted and daggers were going to be thrown at me but I had to get in the front I couldn't just sit back there and just let things figure out and let things happen. You know, I had the conversation. It was an amazing conversation. She was like, yeah, I'm not ready for that. I don't want to have sex. I'm like, okay, cool. If you don't, you're not ready for that. Just so you know, this is what might happen. And if if it happens, you better be ready. So then that leads to other deeper conversations, but I totally feel what you're saying, Andy, like, Many times I would have been like, ah, go talk to your mom about that. You know, she, she, cause I know her mom's going to say no. So that, that's a lot of people do that. Oh, go talk to, you know, Andy about this problem. He'll, he'll tell you about what happens. You know, <laughs> I don't want to get my hands dirty. So I feel that Andy, 100%. You got to know a good leader needs to know where to step up and take the heat, you know, and also how to release the heat. Liquid gold. Well said, sir. Um, Andy, to your original point, dude, I absolutely love that. And it reminds me of being in the kitchen and you can always tell a good, a good chef and a good, even sous chef in the heat of the moment, 
they will, or at least from my experience, depending on which station is crashing, that is where they go and to help out. And then coming out of that, they'll be like, so for example, if you have, if you have salad station, you have pan station, veg and starch are coming off that and you have grill, all your proteins coming off, right? Let's just say Garmanger is crashing, salad station. You'd be like, hey, salad station, you're calling the play right now. Where are we? You see what I'm saying? So you let them lead. Once they feel like they're back on track, okay, cool, now we're back. Hey, protein, take the reins now, continue going. Because protein being nine times out of 10, the most expensive thing on the menu, they dictate how things flow, right? And it's just ebb and flow. And then guess what? Hey, grill is falling behind. Okay, let's slow it down. Let's, you know what I mean? As opposed to just full steam ahead. <laughs> That's when you crash. Everybody work, right? everybody go. Everybody go, work, go. just go, just pump it all out. And, th- and then and then you got food that was made for no reason. You, you have food coming back. You have you have hot food that's now cold. You have cold food that's now hot. That's because it's been sitting up. And it's just like, yo, a good chef is like, okay, hey, everyone, breathe. Let's slow down. Who needs the attention right now? Where can we pull manpower, move it to the left, move it to the right? Okay, we're back on track. Okay, full steam ahead again. So that's what comes up. And I love that. I love that. It's so true. What you said, Andy. Great. Yeah, man. So I love that guys. Thanks for sharing your piece and expressing the, your thoughts on that. So we're going to begin to wrap up here, Mariano. And I think that, uh, you know, spending the last five minutes, I want to just touch on what you do, like where can guys find you? How could they work with you? This is your, this is your time to plug. I know you mentioned your website earlier, but this is a time to like plug and the guys, you know, our listeners can pull up their, pull up their notepad, their pen. They can start jotting notes down. Like how can people find you, bro? So the easiest way to find me is go to wolfpackbrotherhood.com and um, just fill out the information. There's an email address and everything there. Um, we we're, Again, we're still growing the group. We're trying to find the directions of what we want to do, uh, personal coaching. And we're brand new. We just started it probably like three months ago. Um, so with the new vision that I have and, you know, halftime is here and we're going to start the second half. We have lots of ideas. We want to be able to incorporate maybe therapists or psychiatrists or uh, community events and let people know what's going on in this world of mental health, you know, because I'm sick and tired of the stigma of like, oh, I have, I've been diagnosed, man, fuck diagnosed, you know, it, everybody that's just being diagnosed is like a negativity thing. It's like, this is a healthy thing, you know, I feel like ADHD, it's my superpower. And like I told some guys, like, look, if uh, the, this diagnosis are bad, then I want to be Asperger's because the richest man in the world is how Asperger's, you know what I mean? So rub some of that Asperger's on me and bring the money. So let's just stop with the stupid negative connotation and realize that this is our superpower. This is what makes us the person that we are, which is great, you know? Um, so, yeah, we're still trying to figure out what else we're going to other components we want to add to it. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys want to uh, check it out, wolfpackbrotherhood.com, you can uh, send an email there. We are having open houses because we'll keep recruiting, opening up more more um, groups. Awesome, man. Inukwa, anything you want to ask or touch on to, to, to complete this container? Yeah, I just want to say, Nana, like, I, I took some notes here, man, and it was super refreshing to, to hear your perspective. And thank you for being vulnerable and transparent. And, um, yeah, like you came through, man. Like, <laughs> oh, you're what, what, you what Andy, 
<laughs> what, what Andy's talked about you and shared about you was definitely felt and seen. And, and I know our listeners are going to pull some nuggets out of just your story and, and how bold and convicted you are. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me over. Ah, and, conversation. and anything that you want to say, uh, so, you know, so you feel complete seen, heard any, any messaging, any comments, any wisdom? Ah, I feel good, man. Um, this is the stuff that I need to do. This is, this is my work that I need to do to, to expose my fears and expose my vulnerability, which is slow me down. You know, this is the reason that I'm here. I'm here to give, I'm here to grow. I'm here to heal personally and, and help other people from the heart. So I feel really privileged to be able to share this with you guys. It's, it's been amazing, seriously. Thanks, Mariano. So happy to be on this journey with you, man. So happy to have met you. And yeah. this is just the beginning. It's just started. It's just second started. Half. Dude, second half. Second half. Put your cleats on. Second half. Here we I'm go. I'm goalkeeper. Yeah. I love it, you guys. Oh, cool. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks for making time to listen to the King of Hearts podcast. We hope you found something meaningful and impactful in today's dialogue. This conversation with us ends here. However, the conversation with you and your community also starts here. Follow us on Instagram at thekingsof.hearts for everything King of Hearts. And our website is www.kingshearts.com. Until we meet again, be well.